Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for Life Over Coffee. This is episode 158. I was talking to a lady last week, and she was sharing how she had someone coming to her that she was helping, and and it was time-consuming, and she was struggling. You know, there's this tension that people have, that caring people have, loving people have, who like discipling people. They just want to be in people's lives. Well, here's the tension. Sometimes it's hard to say no. Sometimes it's hard to discern, you know, should I help this person right now? Should I drop what I am doing and and jump to whatever it is they are asking? Should I just say no or should I just put it off? How should I handle this situation? And this is a regular tension that comes up with uh, disciple makers. I find that with my mastermind team often as they come into our program. They come into our program because they want to learn how to do discipleship more effectively. They want to grow in this gifting, but they're already doing it. And one of the issues with doing discipleship care, especially if you're good at it, and this lady that I'm talking to, that I was talking to last week, is good at it. That means that when she turns around, there are more people coming, not just one it's one of the ways that you discern if a person is a leader. You ask them to turn around and look backward, and when you look backward, there if you are a leader, there should be people following. And if there are people following, well, then you will have this dilemma on your hands. An uncaring person, cold people who don't want to be missionally minded, don't want to care for others, they don't have this tension because they don't care. But those who do care, their temptation almost always is they overcare, and then sometimes they find themselves giving up their time, giving up their family, giving up other things that are important. And what can happen is that it can loop back around, and they can start to grumble and complain about the people that are coming to them and and that type of thing. And that can lead you into a ditch. And so the point is, is that you must have a strategy for helping people. If you don't have a strategy, if you don't have a thought-out plan, and you need to do this before it happens, or if it's already happening to you, you need to sit down and, and talk with a friend, talk with a spouse, someone who can walk you through this, and you need to develop a plan right now. Because, if, again, if you're good at it and people are following you and they are wanting a piece of your time, they're wanting to get on your calendar, you've got to have a strategy. And so I want to talk about that in this podcast. It is episode 158. The title of it is a little quirky, and I'll explain this as we move along. But the title is, Why I Can't Talk to You, But Will Never Turn You Away. Now, you can read my show notes if you want to. I would encourage you to do that. Get on our website, episode 158, Why I Can't Talk to You, But Will Never Turn You Away. I have about a thousand words here, a short form article that make up the show notes, and you're welcome to read that. I want to begin this by, let's just play pretend for a second. Let's pretend that there are 1,000 people knocking on your door. And all of them are asking for your help on different matters. The question is, how would you handle that seemingly impossible situation? Do you have a strategy to care for others? Or are you overwhelmed by the request for help? Now, it doesn't matter what the number is. I just use that thousand as an illustration. It's hyperbolic for most of us, but... I want to get you a feel for this idea of of having a strategy. But as I mentioned 
earlier, it could just be one person. And maybe you have been in that situation where that super needy person is always uh, at your door knocking or at your email uh, sending you requests. And you can even be guilted or feel guilty because it's like, I don't have time right now because you do have other priorities. And so the number doesn't matter whether it's one person or 1,000 people knocking on your door. You got to have a strategy for helping those people. Now, this is something that I have had to work through because I care for people too. I love people. I was telling one of my students last week that, and, and she was saying the same thing that she she loves the underdog, and I was telling her that I, I love the underdog too. Always have. I'm an underdog kind of person, and that typically makes up a lot of disciples. Is that we love the hurting, the victim, the person who needs help. But with that comes a responsibility to have a strategy. And so as we, as I began to build this ministry over a decade ago, I, I soon ran into that problem. There were more people to accommodate than I could possibly accommodate, but I didn't want to turn them away. And that's why I say that, I mean, we will never turn you away by the grace of God. I've said that on other podcasts, and it's, it's not a bragging point. I don't mean it that way, and I do want to add, by the grace of God, as he continues to uh, give us the wisdom that we need, the discernment that we need to help people, we've never turned anyone away, and we never will. But that doesn't mean that I can talk to every individual that comes to us. And so there's an important distinction there, and that's why I titled the podcast this way, Why I Can't Talk to You But Will Never Turn You Away, and that's because we have a strategy, and I want to share that strategy with you in this podcast. There are two kinds of ministry for the context of this podcast that are out there. One is a monologue ministry, and the other is a dialogue ministry, for lack of better terms. The dialogue ministry is a two-way ministry. I talk to you, you talk to me. It's interactive. The monologue ministry is unidirectional. It's the ministry leader producing content and pushing the content out in the public domain. They can do this by writing articles, blog posts. They can produce videos and put them on YouTube or Vimeo. They can write books, sell books at a conference. They can do public speaking at the conference, but it is a unidirectional ministry. The monologue ministry is hard work, but it is not as hard as interacting with folks who uh, consume your resources. Now, we have chosen an interactive ministry, and quite frankly, one of the reasons that well, there's two big reasons. One, it, it aligns more closely with the ministry of Jesus. He interacted with his constituency. But also is that that's my heart. I want to interact with people. I want to be with the people. I want to be talking to them. I want them talking to me. And I, I want to, as, as much as God helps me, I, I want to be able to help them to work through their issues one thing that I don't do is I don't assume that a person can read a piece of information like an article on our website and they automatically know how to apply it to their lives. The truth is I don't know how to do that all the time. I can't necessarily read an article, watch a video, listen to a sermon and just know exactly how to apply it to my life. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. It reminds me of Acts 8.31. 
You remember when the eunuch was sitting up in the chariot reading God's word of all things? He was reading the Bible. And well, here's how it says in 831 of Acts. And he said, that the eunuch said to Philip, how can I unless someone guides me? Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless somebody guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And Philip began to explain to him Isaiah 53. Now, he was reading God's word. He wasn't reading a blog post. (laughs) He was reading the word of God, but he could not understand it. And I know that because, I mean, that's been my experience, too. I remember, especially when God first regenerated me and I was reading God's word, but there were so many things that I did not understand. And there are still things that I don't understand about God's word. That's why we have commentaries. You know, that's why we have Google for the Christian. We can Google it and we can find answers. And that's how we set up our ministries. We want to provide answers because we don't assume that a person can read something or watch something or listen to something and be able to apply it to their lives. And so we want to help others. We want others helping us in our sanctification. And so what we've done is we've created contexts where we can help folks with their unique walks with God. That's why one person, or 5,000 people rather, can read an article. But those are 5,000 individual lives, and they need 5,000 unique applications because they are unique individuals, children of God. Some of them are not even believers. But here's the problem. If you're asking God for an interactive ministry, like my friend who's helping this one individual and is wearing her out, well, it's not sustainable unless you have a predetermined strategy to serve folks that God brings to you. And so the number is irrelevant of the people that come to you in this sense. What is relevant is that you do have that strategy. Therefore, I That's why I'm doing this podcast, episode 158, why I can't talk to you, but will never turn you away. I want to share with you our strategy. One, we don't have a monologue ministry, and I hope that we never do. I want it to always be interactive for the reasons that I stated. But we have adapted our strategy for interactive ministry out of the ministry, the way that I see Jesus doing ministry in uh, the four Gospels. Now, he did two primary things. Now, he did a lot more, but I'm going to bring it down to two primary things that we do see him doing. And they're important things when it comes to discipling a lot of people. The first thing is leadership development, which is core to our ministry. Jesus built a team to help him do ministry. Jesus in his humanity was not omnipotent and not omnipresent, not omniscient. Jesus was 100% human on planet Earth. For the 33 years that he lived, he was like you and like me. He was not a a superhuman. He was a human being. Therefore, he built a team so that he could provide soul care for others. And therefore, it became obvious to me, apparent to me early on in this ministry, that as God continues to bring people to me, 
that I'm not going to be able to accommodate them. And so I have to develop a team. And that's what our mastermind program is. It's a leadership development program. People who have a gift for leadership, I want to come alongside them to help them so they can grow in that. And many of those mastermind students stay on and work with our ministry, and they become part of of the leadership team that we have here that serves so many people. But the other thing that Jesus did, and this is really important, you say, well, you say, well, I'm only helping five people and I don't need to develop leaders. Well, that may be true for you, but this second point is for you. You need to discern a person's seriousness about change. Jesus prioritized people by their seriousness to change. Now, our culture has another story here. They say that we're all the same. I have a news flash breaking from our ministry. Here it is. People are different. People are not the same. Not only is, are there males and females, but every person is unique. And a person's desire to change their lives is unique to the individual that, you, that is in front of you or the person that's asking you. And you have to discern their seriousness. We have to discern their seriousness before we mobilize to help them. We don't treat people equally, and neither did Jesus. Now, this perspective that I'm sharing with you, it does not apply or imply our lack of desire. Our desire to help you is off the chart. We want to help you. We're ready. Every day, it is our heartbeat to help people. And this perspective about prioritizing people, understanding their uniqueness, meaning some people are serious and some are not, it doesn't imply that we have no compassion for the hurting. If you're hearing that, you're not hearing what I'm saying. But here's what it does imply. Our need for discernment, because we cannot be everything that everyone wants us to be. Jesus was willing to help his mother. He was willing to help his brothers. He was willing to help the rich young man. But he placed criteria on them before he jumped at their request. When I first started counseling back in the 90s or doing discipleship back in the 90s, I jumped every time somebody had a request. After a while, I was worn out. But not just worn out. I realized that some people were serious and some weren't. And the thing that began to happen is I began to grumble because of their lack of change or their superficiality or their lack of seriousness about the process. Because I took everybody's seemingly serious request as serious. But I began to realize that some of them weren't. And I was jumping all the time. And then I finally came to terms with some of the things that I'm sharing with you here. Not only do I jump a lot less, but I'm jumping for the right reasons for the most part. And, but it's because there is criteria, criteria that does not imply a lack of desire or a lack of compassion. In Matthew 12, Jesus had a situation 
The disciples came to him and said, your mother and your brothers are out here. And Jesus already had a predetermined strategy to help people, even though this was his family, his mama, his brothers. He said those who are willing to do the will of God, if they're interested in doing the will of God, that he was willing to help them. Now, nobody's going to accuse him of lack of desire to help or a lack of compassion, but sometimes we, it, we believe or define, even though we might not say this out loud, that to have mercy and compassion and willingness and a desire is a blank check for any person to come and you just give them all of your undivided attention. No, it doesn't mean that. You need some courage. You need some discernment. You need some competence or you will be run all over by people. And you won't be leading them, but they will be leading you. And so in Matthew 12, there's part of Jesus's criteria for his own family. It's important that we understand that. We're talking about his fam. But then in Mark 10, we have the rich young ruler who also wanted Jesus's help, wanted some advice about this matter. And Jesus said, sure, here's the criteria. Go sell everything that you have and follow me. Now, he didn't want that, the rich young man, and, and Jesus didn't jump to his aid and didn't chase him down the street. Jesus was never uncaring, but he did not give every person equal access to his calendar. He knew that his time was God's time. It says in 638 of John that he came to do the will of the Father. Well, the implication is very clear. It means several things, but one of the things it definitely means is that, well, I'm my time is your time. If I'm going to do your will, then the days that I live, the minutes, the hours, the days, I have to do them for you. Therefore, I am managing your time, God. Now, with our ministry, we can help an unlimited amount of people, but we have a strategy also. We have to manage our time, meaning that we have criteria. People must do it our way, not their way. Jesus did not help every person by himself, but he provided care to an unlimited amount of people, even multitudes. Think about when he fed 5,000 people. Now, it says not counting the women and children, potentially. They may be. They could have been 15,000 people on the hillside that day. I don't know, but I know that there were a lot of people. There were thousands of people. Jesus did not feed all of them in, a, in one sense, meaning he didn't distribute the food. His job was to make the resources. He was a content creator, and so he developed the resources. He multiplied the fish and multiplied, multiplied the bread. But he had a team. He had built his team. He's a, a leadership developer. He had built his team, and they are the ones that ministered to an unlimited amount of people. It's not possible for Jesus to minister to every single individual, and that's why he developed his team. But it's also important to understand that the people that he did minister to, that he placed criteria on them. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, one of the things that you have to determine, are you serious? Rich young ruler, are you serious? If you are serious and you really want help, we are willing to do that for you. We are willing to help you. Would love to do that. 
We have nearly 2,000 articles on our website. We're nearing 1,000 podcasts on our website. I'm talking about almost 500 hours of audio, millions of written words. We have more than 200 videos. And we have an interactive forum because we're an interactive ministry. We're not a monologue ministry where we just push these articles and these videos and these podcasts out there. But we want to interact with you in your uniqueness. If you need help in finding these resources, we have a support team that provides technical assistance. Now, our support team doesn't counsel you through email, but they give you advice and they direct you of where to go. And so they'll show you how to get on the forum and give you the links that you need if you can't find them on the website or if you can't intuit them. But maybe you want counseling. If you want counseling, we have a team of counselors who are trained. They have come through our mastermind program. They have been trained. And if you want specialized care, you don't want to get on the interactive forum, but you want, to, you want FaceTime with a, a real person for two hours, you can make an appointment and you can receive counseling. You could spend two years on our website perusing all of the content for free and not consume it all. And that's why I titled this podcast that I can't talk to you, but will never turn you away. We can provide the help for you. We will not turn you away by the grace of God. You can receive the care of this ministry through the resources, through the counselors of this ministry. If you're serious about finding help, it is right in front of you. There are thousands of folks who understand our model of ministry, and they do what they need to do to receive help from us. It's a simple thing. They come to our sanctification center, which is our website. It is shoved up in cyberspace. All the roads that lead to it, the web of roads that lead to it is called the internet. If you're listening to this podcast, you have access to our sanctification center. Now, most of the people who come to us are what we call free members. They're not supporters, and that's fine. We're not asking them. That's not part of the criteria that you have to support us. We want to make it as easy as possible for them to find help. And these people, they need assistance with a personal problem, a relational issue, a situational difficulty. Some of these folks feed themselves by reading our articles, listening to our podcasts, watching our videos, and I never see them, never know that they are here. We never interact with each other, and I, I praise God for that in this sense, that they're receiving help. I'm not saying I don't want to talk to them, but I praise God that God has given us his sanctification center where they can come, and it's not necessary for them to interact with me or our team. We won't know about these people until we get to heaven and find out. Now, sometimes I'll get a, a note where they will say, one lady just said this recently, that I've been reading your stuff for years. I didn't know that. I assumed it, not her, but many people do that, and I praise God for that. And so we have these free members who come, and, and they feed themselves. They receive our care even though we don't interact with them. Praise God. Now, some of them jump on our forums, our community forums, and they talk to us. Now, this is a service that we provide also to anyone. 
If you're willing to come to our place, we are eager to give you our attention and our care. Now, we also have others that, that come, and they're, they're supporting members. They have chosen because they can or because they want to or whatever reason, but they, they support our ministry, and basically they underwrite it. Now, we have a private forum for them. We have a few other resources like our full-length webinars. And so this is the second group that comes to us, which is a smaller group than the larger free member group. But then there's a third group, and it is even smaller than that. This is our smallest group. This is, these are our mastermind students. These individuals want me to train them. They're the ones who receive the most of my time because they're the ones that are making the most significant investment to receive our care. And so I give them a lot of time because they are the most serious about this idea of transformation. They're not just looking for transformation for themselves, but they also want to be trained. And this is part of our leadership development program. And of course, that turns back around and it benefits you, those of you who come to our ministry, because they interact with you on the forums. And so this group, the Mastermind Team, is the most important group because they are being developed so that we can accommodate more and more people that come to us. Now, where does all this leave you? Well, the first thing you have to do is determine how important your issue is. Now, whether you're the lady that's counseling or discipling one person, or if you're discipling five or a hundred, you want to do this with people. You want to determine how important is the issue to them. If it's important to them, then of course it's important to you. And of course, you're not going to turn them away. And that's how we do it here. If your issue is really important, then it is important to us and we will not turn you away. But here's the thing. You have to find help according to how we provide it. Now, however you provide it as a discipler, you have to determine that criteria. It can't encroach totally. It can't run over the banks of your entire life. It can't encroach on your family if you have a family. And so you want to be careful here. For example, we don't interact with people on Facebook because it is just not possible. I mean, just in that one medium alone, we have over 12,000 people. And there is no way. We don't have the staffing to be able to interact on all of our social media platforms. That's why we have one location. You know, And some people don't like that. But honestly, it's their problem, not mine, because we will not turn them away. But we are not omnipotent. We're not omnipresent. And we don't have unlimited staffing where we can interact with thousands of people on dozens of platforms. And that's why I say, if your issue is important to you, I promise you, by the grace of God, that we will not turn you away, but we will give you compassionate and competent soul care. And that's what I want you disciples to hear as well. You can't do what we do as far as sculpting your strategy as a mirror of ours because you're a unique person doing a unique thing. And so this is a way of doing it. It's not the way of doing it. And so you have to determine a way for you to do it 
so that you are not overrun by people, but yet you can provide competent soul care to them as they fit within the criteria that you have. That's the way Jesus did ministry. He did not offer a blank check for soul care, and it's so important. There are two ditches here. One ditch is you just don't care and you don't do anything, and people who are listening to this podcast don't fit within that because you do care and you do love people. But the other ditch is the one that I'm concerned about for you. The other ditch is the overcaring ditch, where you don't have a strategy for providing soul care. As for us, if you want it, we will provide it for you, but you have to come to our sanctification center. It is rickthomas.net. Now, I have some other articles here embedded in these show notes, episode 158. One of them is called Future Planning. What do you want to do with your life? This article will help you if you're in the very early stages of planning your own life of what you want to do as you move into adulthood or this next phase of your life. This article will help you. I also have another one here called Nine Tips for Managing Your Life and Calendar. And then a third one, the wisdom in handpicking your friends. It's a little different. It's talking about building that the smallest community around you, not a community that you're doing exclusive care to, but they're also providing care for your soul. That's your inner circle of friends. And that article will be imperative for you to understand and to implement, especially if you're doing soul care, because you need someone caring for you. If you have any questions about this podcast, episode 158, please ask, come to our Sanctification Center, and it would be a joy to serve you. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.